I'm turning to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. In this visitation of God that we are experiencing right now, that seems to be, wow, it's just getting more intense. It's getting deeper. I, I see God working. We're in a series that is entitled Chain Breaker that's gone on for throughout the summer. And we're in the application phase of this series where we're talking about things very real to each of us who are in this room. And I'm going to deal with something today that is huge. It really is. It's been something that I've had to address and continue to address in my own life. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 1 through 6, do we, Paul says, begin again to commend ourselves or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart, not on tablets of stone. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Now, next verse, pay close attention to the next two, but in the next verse, it begins with a negative. Not. Now you, if you have a paper Bible, circle that word. If you're on your devices, you can highlight it, do whatever you need to. Paul says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God. Verse 6, who also made us sufficient. Did you get that? We didn't make ourselves sufficient. God made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. I won't turn to it. I'll just quote it. Philippians 4, 13. After pointing out his inadequacies, his insufficiencies and declaring that it is God who makes us sufficient. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the enabling component or factor is not what I will do. It is what Christ will do in me through him, through the agency of his empowerment. I am without limits, but in terms of me, I have all kinds of limitations. Basically what Paul is saying. I want to speak this morning from this subject, how grace transforms inadequacy into power. Lord, would you speak to us now from your word? It is so powerful, direct, so clear, so compelling. But Lord, help us to see the principles that are here. Your word from cover to cover contains so many profound truths That if we could just simply grasp them, understand them, and apply them, will totally revolutionize our lives. And we find one here and there along the way. 
We need you to help us with that. We need you to speak to us. Anoint this speaker today while the glory and attention is directed to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouted and said, Amen. How grace transforms inadequacy into power. Have you ever noticed that how when all the folks get real that you think have it together better than anybody else? That it turns out they're dealing with the same issues you're dealing with? You ever notice that? In life, everybody has to deal with the realities of being in a broken and fallen world. There are no passes given. And that's true no matter how spirit-filled you are, how much of the words you can quote, how much you fast and pray. None of those things will exempt you from facing challenges in this life. They, they will get you through these challenges where God gets the credit and the glory and you are victorious, but you still have to face them. It's a broken world. Those with a perfect marriage have to work at it. They have their moments too. Amen. Wealthy people can have disagreements about money. Famous people deal with insecurity. It's really true. Those with great personalities can wake up one morning on the wrong side of the bed. Great people wake up and you wonder, what happened to you? Would you please go back to bed and wake up again in 10 minutes? If that's true about them, what about the rest of us? Talented people have weaknesses. People ask themselves constantly. Questions like, am I capable? Am I loved enough? Am I popular enough? Am I handsome enough? Am I pretty enough? Do, am I well enough connected? Do I have enough skill? Do I have enough ability? Do I have enough friends? Am I getting enough likes? Do I have enough followers? Do I have enough money? You're not the only one. I used to think that I was. And that's the case with many of us. I grew up and many of us have with these questions in our mind and we think it's us because we realize that we are inadequate and that comes as a shock, confronts us. But then as I got saved, I began to look into the Bible and read through the Bible, which I, like you probably have done many times. And I could not find a single character in the Bible that when God went to use them and ask them to be the instrument that would make themselves available for whatever plan it was he had in mind. I never found a single one that said, well, it's about time. I've been waiting. I wondered when you'd get here. Hey, I've been waving my hand. What took you so long to find me? No, that's not the way it goes. Whether it's Moses or Gideon or Barak or Esther or Jeremiah or the Apostle Paul, as we read in our text, or anyone else, without exception, people When God approached them, always felt inadequate for the assignment they were being asked to take on. 
And I came to realize that when you actually feel ready, (laughs) can I get real with you? It means you aren't. If you ever say, man, I got this. It's about time. God, uh, you know, where you been? I've been waiting for the knock at the door, waiting for the draft notice. (laughs) If you feel like you got it all together, there's a very good chance. That's why the knock at the door hasn't occurred yet. People struggle with these feelings of inadequacy and we all know what adequate means. It means to be sufficient. It means to be enough. And that means to be inadequate is to be less than enough. It is to be insufficient. It is to be less than what is needed, deficient, lacking. And if people were to open up and be honest about what they go through in life and the private thoughts they have, many people Perhaps most people and maybe even all people deal with these kind of thoughts. A sense of insufficiency, of not being quite enough for the assignment or the task. And that makes them question whether or not, on the other hand, they're accepted. And it makes them wonder if they measure up to the expectations of others. But the real question is if they see their inadequacies and they think you do, they know for sure God does right because he knows everything. And so if we ever get the idea that, that our performance determines whether or not we are accepted and we can keep some people convinced and even maybe keep all of this bottled up and hidden on the inside where nobody else sees it, The one person we know for sure that is aware of it is our Heavenly Father. And to get to the bottom of these feelings, you almost have to go back and trace where they come from. It's really important. Psalms 8 and verse number 5, the psalmist said that man was created a little lower than the angels and crowned with glory and with honor. You don't even realize the significance of what that says until you look at the text in the Hebrew or what the word was where it says angels created a little lower than the angels because the word there is not angels. It's actually Elohim, which is the name of God. You were created a little lower than God. That's how we got started. Amen. God created mankind only a little lower than himself. He gave him extraordinary ability, talents, gifts, He gave him great authority, insight, dominion. But what caused humanity to be so incredible and gifted wasn't anything in the clay that God used to make us. Let's be very clear about that. There wasn't something in the clay that God shaped me and you from that gave us All of these things, the ability, the gifts that man was created with. It was rather the spirit that he breathed into that clay. The part of himself that he deposited there. Because we read that and what we think is God breathes like we do. Inhale, exhale. God is a spirit. And so those are are terms that help us relate to his 
divinity, but when God breathed into that clay that he had just fashioned, he was actually depositing a part of who he is in the clay. And at that moment, man became like God in the sense that he carried the image of God, the Imago Dei. Amen. He looked like God. He had God's authority. And this is where I'm going. When Adam and Eve sinned, guess what? It broke that. It broke it. We still look the same if you look in a mirror as we would have back then, but there's now a component missing. And that is that part of us that made us extraordinary. Now, the only way to get real about this is to talk about some things this morning that will probably make some of us a little uncomfortable. And I apologize for that up front. I want to tell you that one of the big problems in dealing with inadequacy is that when it comes to this subject, personal candor usually isn't permitted. We're not allowed to talk about it. Part of the problem behind that is what we are taught is that we should view ourselves as victims. If we feel inadequate in any way, number one, that's not acceptable. You're the center of your world. You determine your own standards. Don't let anybody else. You and you know, you don't even have to win. In fact, you just get a participation trophy for showing up. And then, if you don't want to do that, that's okay too. We'll mail it to you. That's the feeling of today's society. And so, we can't call attention to the inner feelings of inadequacy that we experience because when we do, we're told, that's not right. You're not supposed to feel that way. And then... We start looking for someone to blame. Who did this to me? Who made me feel like this? Was it my parents? Was it the school I attended? Was it my culture, the society, my neighborhood, my friends? My... On and on we go. And here's the problem. The very moment that we accept the identity of victimhood, we give up the power to do anything about the problem. Oh, I wish I had an amen from someone. And if you jump straight from being aware of any inadequacies to who did this to me? Who is to blame? You're not looking for solutions now. You're not stretching yourself to grow. You're not exploring the limits beyond your own capabilities to find out where you end and where God picks up. You don't. And here's why. When you're broken and you don't move forward to try to get that corrected within you. It's like these glasses. I don't wear them. Just brought them up here for this purpose. Okay. If these lens become broken, guess what happens? Everything I see through them is broken too. Whether it is or not. Because I'm looking at life through lens that have been shattered. And so everybody looks shattered to me now. Everything looks shattered. And what that does is it keeps us from getting the help that we need. Because I'm looking for somebody to point an accusation at. And I'm going to be real. There may have been somebody that compounded 
this sense inside of you did something they shouldn't. But what I want you to know is God is about helping you move beyond it. Come on and somebody shout and say hallelujah. Jesus said, come to me all ye who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so all the experts tell us if you're feeling inadequate, it's everybody else's fault. You know, find somebody to blame. Now I want to, you to answer the question for me. How does that empower you to move forward? It doesn't. Amen. And there are people who will either have to face judgment at the cross, judgment in a civil court, or judgment at the great white throne for what they have done. But I'm not talking about them right now. I'm talking about you. And what God can do to get you beyond the situation. Oh, let me preach like I feel like preaching for just a few minutes more. This might come even as a shock to somebody. But we are not totally adequate in every way. In our humanity. Our humanity is flawed. It's the clay. It's not what God breathed into us. that's, That's the clay. I'm going to confess up front to you. I will never run a four minute mile. Forget about it. Not even going to try. If you got an hour or two, then I'll stroll in that direction. I am never going to bench press a thousand pounds. Not going to happen. Doesn't even really matter to me. I will not be the best preacher on the top side of this planet. And I'm good with that. I will just be the best version of me that I can. Because all of us have some inadequacy. Moses wasn't able to part the Red Sea and lead Israel through it. He couldn't make the waters part, nor was he able to feed three and a half million and give them water and food in the desert. But it was okay. He was inadequate, but it was okay. Because when you realize where you stop, it gives God space to step in and take over. Somebody needs to to shout, that's right. Gideon and his 300 men were not capable of defeating the vast army they faced. He was inadequate. They were too, but it was okay. God said, I got it from this point forward. You do what you can, I'll take over. As a young boy, David wasn't adequate. He wasn't enough to be able to defeat a lion and a bear, much less a giant. But God stepped in and said, got this, David, you show up. I can deal with the rest of it. You do what you can. I'll handle the God part of it. Hallelujah. Jeremiah was only a child. He was inadequate. Jehoshaphat and Judah could not defeat the mighty army that stretched from that horizon all the way across to that one. They were inadequate. The three Hebrew children could not survive a fiery furnace by themselves. They were inadequate. Each time God said, okay, no problem. 
because I'm going to step in the middle of that fiery furnace with you. And I'll be the fourth man in the fire. You don't have to know how to walk through flames. I do. I created all of this. And I'm going to get in there and I'm going to air condition the furnace for you. And God will do what God can do. And it's here the great apostle Paul admits that he too was inadequate. And that was okay with him. Because inadequacy can either make you feel paralyzed and unable to move because you think you aren't qualified enough. Or, and this is where I'm going, it can cause you to turn to the only one who ever was enough to begin with. You weren't enough on your best day. You will not be enough tomorrow, the next day, next week. You're not going to be enough next year, but I got somebody I want to tell you about. He's more than enough when you turn to him. He can do whatever needs to be done. God will step in to make the vital difference. The reality is the Bible is a history of God using people who were inadequate. Even when it comes to salvation, God calls upon us to be holy as he is holy. I can't do that. This is what Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I try to jump from here to there and I fall short. I can't make it. I don't have the capacity. I don't have the ability in my flesh. I'm still clay. I'm broken. But God can step into that moment and he can impart his divine nature where mine is working against me. And it's accounted, it's counted to me for righteousness, not because of what I'm doing, but because of what he did 2,000 years ago at the cross of Calvary. Hello. Somebody shout hallelujah. God will call us to do things we don't even have the ability to do. And that's because, as it has been said before, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the cause. I grew up thinking God won't use people who are inadequate, who have flaws. We think that those that he uses don't suffer from depression. We think the people God uses have perfect marriages. We think the people God uses haven't come from broken backgrounds, have never faced an addiction, ever had a house repossessed, ever been run off a job. I'm a lot more real than some of you are being right now, but that's okay. I just want to, I want you to relax. I know where I'm going. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I've been in some situations myself. Hallelujah. It turns out God's looking for broken people so he can get the glory out of it. People that know they have limitations. People that realize they're not all of that in a bag of chips. God is looking for somebody he can empower. Inadequacies within us cause a cycle of pain to develop. And here's the way the the pattern 
goes, a sense of inadequacy can lead to feelings of unworthiness because when you discover that you're inadequate, now you feel, I'm not worthy, not worthy of his help, not worthy of God's empowerment. You feel flawed and broken because what does the word inadequate mean? Less than enough. Insufficient. And so inadequacy leads to the sense of unworthiness, which in turn then leads to doubt. Because, oh my God, I'm not worthy. And that makes you doubt your ability, but it also makes you doubt whether God will give you his ability or not. God can't use me. He knows how broken I am. How much junk I've gone through, the mess I've had to live in the middle of the hell that I've raised in my life and the lives of others. I I can't get beyond that. I'm here to tell you that the message of the cross is it's not about you. It's about him and his grace. Grace can turn inadequacy into power. Doubt in turn leads to despair. You lose hope and despair leads to depression. And that's where so many people end up. If you've ever struggled with depression, I just laid it out for you. Let me, you know, get down to where some of us live. So we become aware that we're inadequate and we're not worthy. And then we have a diagnosis and we need to be healed. What's first thought that comes to your mind? God will heal somebody else, but I wonder if he'll heal me. How many of us have dealt with things like that? Because despair then leads to depression. And people deal with it. And depression in turn results in immobility and paralysis. You don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. Can't move forward. You don't even want to turn on the lights. You don't want to get dressed. I've got good news for somebody right now. God's about to break the cycle for you. Right now in Jesus' name. I'm almost done, but right now in Jesus' name, help is coming for somebody. Help is coming for someone. God's going to break the cycle for you. How do you, by God's grace, convert feelings of inadequacy to strength? Look at what Paul did. Very first thing Paul did was he acknowledged his own inadequacy. He said, not... That we are sufficient of ourselves. To think of anything as being from ourselves. So we don't do that. Don't do that. He was clear he did not feel that he measured up. He had spent a good portion of his life trying to. Pharisee of the Pharisees. Tribe of Benjamin. Circumcised the eighth day. All of that and everything else. Did the best concerning the law blameless. But when he looked inside... Stamped across his heart, inadequate. He couldn't escape it. And so he gave up trying to prove his worth. And he said, we are not sufficient of ourselves. Instead, what he went on to say is our sufficiency is from God. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. I didn't get there because of anything I did, he said. I got there because he made me sufficient by adding to me what he is complete in. 
but I am insufficient in. He leaned into God's strength and grace. So I'm finishing. That means there are actually benefits contrary to what you're going to hear out there. There are actually benefits in acknowledging that we have limitations. Number one, it can help us walk in humility. We sometimes create dissonance with reality because we go around trying to tell everybody we're all of that. Oh, you you won't say it, but we act like it, right? And what we're actually doing is we're overcompensating for the inadequacies that we know are there. But guess what? Don't tell anybody. Everybody else does too. What I mean by that, what's this? I put my hands in my pockets. Now I'm going to tell you, don't anybody notice I've got my hands in my pockets. What's the first thing you became aware of? My hands are in my pockets. I called attention to the very thing that I didn't want you to notice. That's what we do when we overcompensate. We actually call attention to the very weaknesses or inadequacies that exist within us when we try to pretend they aren't there. Because most folk are so busy going through life realizing they've got their own. They cut you a little slack and give you a little grace. But then if you start saying, I don't have any, I'm good, I, I, I'm powerful, I'm strong. Oh yeah, really? You got your hands in your pockets? Here, you might need these. Amen. Number two, knowing that we have limitations can help us learn, as I said, to walk in humility. But number two, it makes us realize we are completely dependent upon God John 15 and 5, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. That's important to know. It's important to know that if I walk in humility, God can use me. And the reason I need him to is because without him, I can't do anything. There was an old song years ago that said, I can't even walk unless he's holding my hand. We sang it a while ago. They had no idea what I was going to preach in the first service or the second. But I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every one of us do. Number three, realizing we have limitations helps us not be defensive, right? Because how many of you have ever had your limitations called out to you by someone? Okay, you're going to sit there and pretend it's never happened? I'm going to get right down there with you. Your wife has never pointed out your limitations to you? There are guys that are frozen right now. We'll not look to the other side of you. Or your husband has never pointed them out. When you realize you got them, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, I got them. I have insecurities. The person who will not acknowledge theirs is the person that puts themselves beyond the ability of God to help them. 
But when you realize you got them, you don't need to feel defensive about them. Yeah, I got them. I've got imperfections. We all do. Yeah. Praise God. But the most important reason that we should acknowledge our limitations is when we do, that's when God can turn them into strength. That's when I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Paul says we're not sufficient within ourselves. And he acknowledged that. And there was a time, and this is where I'm done. Second Corinthians 12, 9, Paul said, Three times I sought the Lord to remove the thorn from my flesh. And three times God said no. And this is what he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. That the power, oh my God, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. If God's strength is made perfect in our weakness or inadequacy, then we know by that that weakness doesn't keep us from being used or loved by God. That was a moment where somebody should have shouted right there. Somebody ought to give God some praise just because. Your weakness doesn't keep you from being loved or used by God. Instead of weakness keeping you from being loved and used by God, it's so easy to miss this. And this is what I want to call your attention to. Weakness is actually a reason for God to use us. No, Paul, I'm not going to fix that thorn, whatever that is. I'm not even going to get into that this morning. Because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's my reason for using you right there, Paul. Because if you didn't have that, you'd be so full of yourself, I couldn't, I couldn't use you. You'd take all the glory if I did. But if I leave this for you to realize how much you need me. I can get some glory even from somebody like you, Paul. That tells me that sufficiency actually makes it hard for God to use us. And so, you know what, Lord? I'm going to tell you right now. I need you. I need you every morning. I need you every hour. I need you every afternoon. I need you every evening. I need you every moment. I need you every second of my life. I need you. 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 And Paul said, I will therefore gladly boast 
in my infirmities and weaknesses. We're going to go old school. But does anybody remember this song from years ago? It was written by a worship leader in our city named Bruce Ballinger. It was written 43 years ago. And it goes like this. We have come into this house and gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into this house and gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into this house and gathered in his name to worship Christ our Lord. Oh, worship him. Jesus Christ our Lord. The next the next verse says, let's forget about ourselves and magnify the Lord and worship him. Let's forget about ourselves. Stop getting hung up on our own inadequacies. We'll have them as long as we live, but he doesn't. He's pure. He's holy. He loves us. He will help us. He will make up the part that is missing, that is lacking. Would you stand with me, please? And so the journey of a believer is one of going from trying to pretend that you got it all together to finally being able to recognize in the safety of God's presence and acceptance that I I don't have it all together, but I'm trying, Lord. And you can use me because it's got to be done by you anyway. And with every head bowed, I want to see the hands of those that would slip up their hands in this room and say, I need Jesus. Would you? I need him. I need him. You've never given your heart to God. Raise your hands right now. I need you. I need you. So many hands. Father, I pray for every one of these precious dear people. Those who have not given their heart to you or those who have strayed away, drifted. I ask you to renew their experience right now as they recommit their lives to you or come to you for the first time and make you their Lord and Savior. And I'm so glad that you love us. I'm overwhelmed by that this morning, Lord. I'm overwhelmed by how much you care for us. And what your grace can do in our lives. We receive you as our Savior today. Now, let's welcome everybody that just prayed that prayer. Come on, let's have a party for a moment. How many are dealing with what I've talked to, talk, what I've talked about today? Let me see your hand. Don't be afraid. Raise it up. I want you to step out in the aisle. Come. There's help when there's an anointing to address a particular matter, and God releases that anointing. That is an anointing to also break the yoke 
Remember what the scripture said, the yoke is broken because of the anointing. Come on. I want to pray with you. We're going to pray to all of our dear friends and guests who are visiting with us this morning. I want to thank you so much for for being here with us today. I'm going to be out in the lobby in just a few minutes. I really would love to meet you. We have a gift for you. You'll find me out there shortly at the on the left side of the, the lobby and there's a table set up and I really would like to be able to visit with you. One of the greatest things about being pastor is the chance I get to meet people that God is touching. I'm so glad you've come. We love you. Move in close. There's so many folk behind you, if you would. And God is doing incredible healing right now. Sing it, if you would. And worship Him. Hallelujah. Let's forget about ourselves. Magnify the Lord and worship Him. Father, I pray that you would heal the broken lens that we've been looking at life through. Fix the shattered lens so that we can see your goodness all around us, your love for us. For those who have walked through painful, broken experiences, I speak life, recovery, wholeness and healing to them to those who are in that cycle of inadequacy that turns into unworthiness and ends up being depression Lord I want to point them toward you and I'm asking that you would break that cycle right now in the name of Jesus and that you will release healing and wholeness And an awareness of how much they are loved. And that they will understand the power of grace that's at work in their lives right now. That it isn't about us anyway, God. Or our abilities or us fixing ourselves. It's about you. It's about you. Use us, Lord. Let us be the instruments. through which you do your incredible works of grace and goodness. Here are my hands, use them. Here are my feet, use them. Here am I, send me. All of us. And God, I'm asking you to teach us to learn to stand on the truth of your word and never receive an accusation from the devil again from the enemy again yes this humanity is flawed but we serve a perfect God a good God you're wonderful beyond words you're amazing beyond description you're majestic and holy and righteous and pure 
And now let's give God some praise. Would you give God some praise? Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody is being set free in this house right now.